All right, Dolly, why don't you tell everybody what you were telling me earlier tonight, huh? Joshua, Joshua, why you just what I've been looking for. Joshua, Joshua, you ain't gonna be lonesome anymore. No, no. You're All right. If you don't like Dolly Parton yodeling, this is the end. I think it's time for you to step away from this podcast, find another listening experience that you might enjoy, but it's not this one anymore, folks. It's not going to be this podcast. Maybe you had a friend recommend it. Huh. Here we go with Josh Rosen. What's this about? And this is your first time ever tuning in and you're like, ugh, Dolly Parton yodeling? No, thanks. Well, no thanks to you, because that is my own personal definition of joy. Dolly, sweet Dolly, yodeling with my name? I had never even heard of that song. But like I said last episode, I'm watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. They're doing Carly Simon, Lionel Richie, Eminem, but it truly was a save the best for last. They had Pink do this beautiful induction speech. And I've never seen a full Dolly documentary, but this was good enough. It was about three-minute retrospective on the progression of her career from a young sidekick to the confident firecracker that was ready to take over the microphone and take over the world. And I know she's country, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has branched out. They need more viewers. So they're giving the green light to just about anyone of any genre. But Dolly ain't just about anyone. Dolly just might be my new idol when you have such a slow build-up to something it sounds like perhaps something important is going to come dolly just might be my next ex-wife she's in her late 70s and she still sounds great they had her come out on stage she was done up in a rock and roll leather pantsuit tasteful pantsuit full of embroidery and rhinestones And she ripped that place apart. They did audience shots and they showed LL Cool J losing his mind like, what? That's Dolly part. That's Dolly. Got that New York flavor still. LL. That's Dolly. Yeah, that's Dolly. Potting. Killing it. Feminist. Philanthropist. Ambassador. Legend. And she wrote the hit Joshua. She also wrote... I Will Always Love You, which we all know from the Bodyguard soundtrack. Or maybe I shouldn't say we all know. Some people are older than me and they go, no, we remember when Dolly dropped that single. But for me in sixth grade with my girlfriend, Julie Edson, we said we need a song. We felt like that's what couples had. What do couples have in sixth grade? I don't know. Maybe a first kiss near a creek like Kevin Arnold and Winnie. In the Wonder Years, you remember that scene, Fred Savage getting it done in the Jets jacket. But really, sixth grade relationships, you have a song. And we picked Whitney, not knowing it was a cover. And happiness. But above all this, I wish you love. You ready for the pause and then the snare? Let's do it.
<laughs> How powerful is that pause? Can you name a more powerful pause in the history of music? I wish you love. And I- oh, shit. Who knew? One bang of a snare. Poof. Could give you the type of adrenaline rush to lift a car off an old lady. If that's ever needed. I think Superman showed us that might have been more needed in the cartoon world. But still, if I'm trying to get amped up to lift a car off an old lady to be a hero, I need that Whitney Houston. And uh, yeah, so you're thinking that's the best version. Everyone's thinking that. But as I'm watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last night, I never really gave Dolly's version a chance. And they played a little bit and I got emotional. That's how good it is. I got emotional. Maybe I'm going through a country crisis phase of life. I don't know. But that version, that songbird, that sounds nice. I'm going to pitch that idea to my wife tomorrow. Should we have a song? Should it be Dolly's I Will Always Love You? Because Julie and I had Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. What was your song? You had a song with someone. Ooh, that's special. It's also not very original that Julie and I picked that. All right, episode 203, folks, welcome in. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're feeling healthy. Isn't that what January is? You plow through all that deep-fried, good old-fashioned holiday eating. All the desserts you said yes to. All the drinks you said yes to. And then you dangled that diet in front of you. You said, ah, 2023, I'll get to it. And now I assume some of you listening right now are still committed. What are we, eight days in, nine days in, still committed? You've been working out a little bit. You've been changing some eating habits. You've been eliminating those late night snacks. I'm hearing about bold new diet fads from some friends. Because we're impatient. We like the immediacy of results nowadays. We're very impatient. So we all Google how to lose those pounds quickly. Or maybe you see a social media post of some influencer who's got a degree, a dietitian degree. Is it a doctor telling us what to eat and what not to eat, what to avoid? I got some impatient friends, maybe me included, that are just trying to shed those pounds quick. It's not like, yeah, I'm going to spend all of 2023 dedicated to a diet, but let me see what I could do with some unhealthy new habits in January, February. Like, I'm only doing fish. What? Yeah, yeah. No, it's no fruits, no veggies, no beef, no chicken. You don't snack, but you wake up, you eat salmon. You start grilling salmon for breakfast. You have a bucket of tuna for lunch. And then like a whale at SeaWorld, you just have your wife start throwing guppies and sable into your face until about 7.30. No dessert, and you wake up and do it again. I'm just doing fish? Really? Where'd you hear about this? This one dude on Instagram. I mean, we've all, we've all heard the fads, right? I only allow myself to do meats and eggs. So I'm no longer doing anything with seeds. Nothing that grows in a tree over seven feet. Nothing that comes out of the earth 
too quickly. I'm doing leafy greens and ground turkey only. I'm on the orange diet. I'm only eating pumpkins and carrots and quail beaks. Yeah, no, I swore off dessert forever. Everyone's so convinced, right? Your convictions right now, January diet convictions, you will preach at someone like you know what you're talking about. Just because you read an article, you heard something, we'll all do it. Yeah, right now I'm doing something a little wacky, but I'm committed. It's you fast all the way until dinner. And then for dinner, you don't eat. So it's a, what? What do you do for dinner? Oh, you can still have coffee. Okay, so in addition to coffee, you could still brush your teeth. Yeah. And a lot of us on this have been swallowing the toothpaste. Can you drink water? No, we, we do avoid water on this one. But coffee, toothpaste, and then when your fast is over, you try to run into a wall full speed and knock yourself out just to make it through another day. So you can look on the scale the next day and be proud of yourself. Oh, you're doing that? Right on. Where'd you hear about that one? That one's on Instagram right now. Oh, cool. Right on. And everyone has a little history lesson. Well, you know how like homo sapiens used to only eat, you know, everyone all of a sudden is an expert on what nomadic Neanderthals were eating. And now we go, and that's what we're able to break down. We like to say that when we tell someone about our new diet, see, that's what the body was intended to break down. We weren't supposed to be doing Dunkaroos and lean pockets and Totino's pizza rolls. We just got to go back to the basics, tree bark. I'm on a tree bark diet right now. Eucalyptus leaves, tree bark. You get a little cottage cheese. You mix it up. You put it in the blender. And then that's all. That's all? Do you do rice, bread, tortilla? No. (laughs) So confident that you'll never have rice, bread, or tortillas again. Never. Of course not. And what about to drink? To drink, you're still supposed to drink a lot of alcohol. Yeah, a lot of red wine every night. And where'd you hear about that? Just a lot of red wine? Yeah, bourbon, vodka, gin, tequila. You're allowed to do tequila, beer um, every single night and a lot of it. But still, you're not supposed to eat past seven o'clock. Oh, you're not? And where'd you see that? I saw, should I send you over the link? Should I send you over the link? This dude, Kyle, he's got a great Instagram following. Yeah, it's sick. It's really sick. It makes you sick, literally. That's the diet I'm on. You try to inhale the germs of others. You try to get into the line of fire, as Kyle says. You get sick and you spend a lot of time so sick that the idea of eating is so unappealing. So what are you allowed to eat on that? Ah, you're still allowed a lot of alcohol, but Kyle wants you taking Dayquil, NyQuil, NyQuil, Dayquil, and the calorie count from Dayquil and NyQuil. Kyle says it's going to get you to the next level. What's the next level? We, we don't know. He's, he's going to announce that in his next Instagram story. Can you do noodles, bread, tortillas? No. What? No. Kyle says no carbs. And then let me get a history lesson on the Neanderthals again. So the Neanderthals, they, they told you you could break down twigs and berries but we were never intended that we were never intended diets where you have to talk down to someone we were never our stomachs were never intended to eat dairy okay talk to these people in february they'll be at the wendy's drive-thru they'll be back at that dollar drive-thru wendy's the only drive-thru where you could get a good baked potato and chili oh I feel like there's no Wendy's within miles of me right now. It's a sad thought. I don't mean to make you sad right now. There's just not a lot of fast food close to me. If there were, I used to live so close to an Arby's at San Diego State. I lived, where did I live? What was that street? God, how am I forgetting? Is it called Montezuma? No. Is everything called Montezuma down there? What street was it called? Maybe it was Montezuma. Maybe that was the street. I just had the glow of an Arby's sign out my window. I was hitting those roast beef sandwiches quite frequently. I've lived close to a Wiener Schnitzel. 
when I lived in PB. You go through, what is it? That giant sloped arc roof. You go through a wiener schnitzel drive through. Try not to laugh. Try not to laugh at your life. You're, dri- you're actually driving through that big red roof with the wiener schnitzel logo. And that's your meal? My first year in radio, there was this one guy, this producer, Clubber. I feel like four times a week, he would just pop up from his desk. Wiener schnitzel? And everyone would just go to their wallets and throw cash at Clubber. Yeah, let me get five hot dogs, uh, get them extra messy, throw some crowd on there, some relish. And eventually I was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. I'm in for Wiener Schnitzel Thursdays, which turned into, I'm in for Wiener Schnitzel Fridays too. I'm in for Schnitzel Mondays, Tuesdays. I, I should take Wednesdays off. No, I'm not going to take Wednesdays off. I'm in for Wiener Schnitzel Wednesdays. The WW, it just sounds right. There'd be grown-ass men in the sports pit at this radio station licking the hot dog paper, licking the Wiener Schnitzel hot dog paper. It wasn't even the best hot dog, but it was silly fun times. It was silly fun times. Nobody in that room was on a diet where they explained to people, well, the way humans used to live, we weren't intended to have DiGiorno, bubbly, make your own pizza. We weren't intended to even say the word pizza. It wasn't supposed to be part of our vocabulary. Etymology has taken us down a really, really weird, circuitous path where now we say things like buffet and could I have a side of ranch. We were never supposed to have a ranch. Oh, I love the bold diet fads where we all are such experts on what we're supposed to put in our bodies for a month. Oh, January is the best month to talk health. I want to talk health with everybody. And I also want to go to a wiener schnitzel. How could that be? Man, is that the paradox of life? Is that the yin-yang right there? I want to have the healthiest January and also not tell anyone that I'm hitting up wiener schnitzel. You know, a diet's all about the honor system. You can tell people anything. Wear baggy clothes, wear dark baggy clothes, and just tell people how great you're doing. You can still hit up that wiener schnitzel drive-thru. If you could find one, are they out of business yet? I hope not. God bless him. And I don't talk about God a lot on this podcast, or maybe I do talk about God a lot. I forget. It's been 203 of these, but God bless the schnitz. The schnitz. Yeah, right now I'm just doing hot dogs or anything that fits into sausage casing. I'm doing chicken apple sausage. I'm doing Nathan's. I'm doing Applegate. Yeah, in the morning you wake up, you do hot dogs. You eat a big lunch of like a lot of hot dogs. And then it dinner it's interesting at dinner you get to drink a lot on this diet most people aren't willing to give that up they'll tweak the rules of a diet yeah no you're only allowed like a half hot dog at night but you're still supposed to get at least a full bottle of chardonnay whoa whose diet is that devin's dev who's devin what's his last name vena schnitzel how do i back out of this one i think it's too much fun talking diets Diets that end quickly. Diets that plummet. Diets where you lie to people and go, I don't even crave that stuff anymore. (laughs) Do you guys remember when I used to eat a bucket of fried chicken? It's like, I don't even crave it. I don't even think about it. You got to talk like that. I don't even think about butter or bacon. Devin's got me just doing dogs. Devin's got me just doing dogs. All right. You know what? I'm on the DL. I'm on the DL right now. I'm playing injured. I'm struggling. 
I threw my back out. What does that mean exactly? That's not a medical thing, right? A doctor would never say, well, you threw your back out. They would actually point to the body part and tell you what happened. Is it a tear? Is it a strain? What happened? We just say, threw my back out. But if you're listening right now, have you ever really done it? Like, really done it? I guess it's in a lot of shows and movies where someone just throws their back out at a big event and they have to be in bed. Well, I'm powering through, right? I could barely walk right now. But the way I did it reminded me that I'm aging quickly, quickly threw my back out unplugging a fan this morning. And I was supposed to be so helpful around the house. I had a big day of chores and taking care of the girls. And instead, I'm just rolled up on a heat pad for the first two hours of my morning. Unplugging a fan. Look, not just any fan before you start judging an industrial sized fan, a big dog, a chem dry. Someone had to come over because we had wet carpets. And you're probably thinking, oh, because the rain, because the rainstorms. And here's the biggest coincidence of my entire life. No, the night where it was raining so hard. This is like, I don't know, three, four nights ago. Like the type of rain where you're like, this house is just going to slip away. Like, this isn't safe. This is not safe. We're done. We're done. This rain is just going to come through. Well, it wasn't the actual rain. Our pressure valve from our water heater decided to start leaking. And that's in the furnace closet. I'm using a lot of technical terms. Stay with me. Our pressure valve is leaking out the heat back furnace closet, Pangea. And all of a sudden, I'm in my socks walking around our living room. And I'm like, oh, no. Holy shit, get the credit card. Let's go to Zillow and Redfin and move out of here because we can't live in a wet swamp. And my wife comes in. Her biggest fear is water, I think. Yeah. If you're a homeowner and you're taking steps on your carpet and the next seven steps in front of you are... You start thinking, should we live here anymore? So immediately we get towels, we get a fan, and we realize, wait, we don't know where it's coming from. So she traces a leak better than anybody on the block. Let me tell you that about my wife. She'll trace a leak. I'll just figure, yeah, it's coming from the rain. I'll say something like that and back away from the situation. Yeah, this is coming from the rain because it's raining hard. It wasn't coming from the rain. It's coming from the pressure lab with the with the lab with the buckets and the heat and the front. I already forgot where it was, but it's a valve. It's a valve that you should check on right now. Every seven to nine years, you should check your valves. And it's just a wild coincidence. So we're able to stop it. We pull up the carpet. You pull it off the tax. We pull up the carpet. The mat is soaked. The pad is soaked. It's straight crisis mode in the suburbs. But we call a guy and he comes over and he has a big van, which is what the suburbs are. Just vans driving around, charging people to fix all their problems because houses are flimsy. And he's got a big fan. And just to go in the playroom and hang out this morning with a little coffee and chill time, I try to unplug the fan and it felt like someone shot me. Like, shot me in my back. This is the first time I really threw my back out. Like, we've all tweaked our back a little bit, right? You probably strained your back a little bit. Or maybe you're carrying heavy things in a backpack for too long and you got back pain. Back pain is different than throwing your back out. Who's done it? I want you to raise your hand. I want you to text me if you have my number. Tell me your story. When you throw your back out, that's it. I mean, that's really it. You writhe. You writhe on the ground. You look feeble. You look beyond humiliate it's like it's beyond humiliation to writhe and roll around in front of your family because you can't unplug a fan and my wife has to say things like use your knees we're now at that point of our marriage where she has to coach me through really mundane run-of-the-mill day-to-day activities like i was opening the oven tonight and she goes don't burn yourself please don't burn don't burn yourself she knows i do burn myself sometimes even if i have an oven mitt i'll find a way to burn myself i don't know how 
I'll have a cooking injury once every three weeks, so now she has to say things. And I welcome it. I don't go, hey, I know that. I'm not that guy. I never say that. I know that already. I just go, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Getting into my car in the morning, she goes, I'm not, I'm not out of the way yet. I'm not out of the way yet. I go, okay, good. I won't, I won't go in reverse. Don't worry, I won't back out. But I'm still happy she says that. You don't want to go in reverse when you shouldn't go in reverse. And I got all the mirrors. Okay, I'm good. I'm good at that. Don't you worry. But I do need her to say things now like, use your knees. Okay, posture's looking a little off. And now I don't think I'll be unplugging fans. Who did she marry? This poor woman. This poor soul. Married a man who unplugged a fan and writhed on the ground beside his children. And then Icy Hot and Tiger Bomb and Advil and repeat. And I still went on with my day. Creaky. Creaky limping around. Not able to do shit. But still, I like that credit. I kept saying to her, I'm I'm powering through. I'm powering through. Like, she's so sick of it. Great, you're powering through, right? What do you need right now? What do you need from me? A medal? And I think I do. I think I need a medal. Or a trophy or some recognition or click like on my photo. Don't we all need a little bit of that? I don't know what life's going to be if I can't unplug a big... It was a big fan. I should say that. And my posture was terrible. You know, because usually you should know at least what direction to aim your body when you're doing an activity or a movement of any sort. This was kind of like on the side. I just yanked really hard. I yanked really hard because it looked... You don't care. All right, keep going. The Vikings, I'm just going to tell you something about the Minnesota Vikings. All right, sports fans, playoff bound, 13-4. and I'm not bringing this up because my wife's from Minnesota. I'm bringing this up Because my best friend coaches the Vikings. That's a lie, okay? I'm going to catch myself in my own lie. But I know him. His name's Kevin O'Connell. Did you know that? Kevin O'Connell? He's younger than me. And he's a wonderful guy. And he's a former Aztecs great. Quarterback. Drafted by the Patriots. Had a little NFL career. I'm not sure how many games he got into. I remember the Jets cut him on hard knocks, which was a big deal. To say, oh, I know that guy. He got cut on hard knocks. And if you watch hard knocks, those cuts are very tough to watch. The build-up to cut day. Oh, boy. But when Kevin's NFL career kind of fizzled, he didn't just go right into coaching. He wanted to go into broadcasting. So he was always at the radio station I was at. I remember he'd come on the air, and then for some reason we were pitching a show together at some point of doing our own talk show in San Diego, and he had his own sponsors. We went on lunches, I remember, with like wealthy people. I have no clue. Who were we with? We went to a few steakhouses at lunch, talking to wealthy people about endorsements for our talk show that never really panned out. But I know Kevin liked sports radio. He wanted to be a part of sports radio. And he probably was a correspondent, or he probably was a fill-in host at some point. And he's just such a good dude. He even invited me to a Super Bowl party once, and I went. All right, Like I said, my best friend is the coach of the Vikings. I'm name-dropping, but I'm also lying because... We're not best friends at all. Who knows if he remembers me? But just to see this guy, who I know have this kind of success, and he, you know, went up the ranks. Probably quality control coach, quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator was with the Rams. Vikings bring him in. Good looking, tall, former athlete. And he's so subdued. The whole season, I'm watching Vikings games, and he never gets that excited. Never. And this team's having one of their best seasons of all time. It's a great story. I really love the Vikings now. And that stadium looks beautiful on TV. So I'm cheering for them. 
like I said, we've been best friends for a very long time. We tattooed each other's names on our shoulder blades. Don't ask him about it, but just take my word for it. So me and KO always text him back and forth every Sunday. Nice win, I say, and yeah, there's no text back. But still, we're just, uh, we're so close. We're so close. And my allegiance to the Vikings is strong right now. But I did have a realization. You see all these rah-rah coaches who are too fiery? I think players get sick of that. I think he's cerebral. I think he speaks their language. And I see his approach, and I see it working. And then you see all these coaches who lose their minds. And they think they're motivators, and they think they're inspiring the troops. And you know, just like every pregame speech is 10 minutes of tears, blood, sweat, and tears, and interesting anecdotes about their lives and what it means to the country. And then at halftime, another big-time speech. I've heard that. When I was working with the Chargers, a lot of the players were like, we're sick of the Marty Schottenheimer speeches. We just want a boring-ass coach who's good with the X's and O's. And you can tell that's what Kevin is. He's not fiery. He's not excitable. He's not Coach Mosley from Last Chance U, which, let's be honest, if you're watching Last Chance U, that performance shit graded on those players. Those players, maybe they love them, but most days they're like, shut the fuck up. Like It's, it's hoops. We're playing basketball. It's not D-Day. I think that's going to be the new movement. Just the subtle, understated, not excitable football coach who's a tactician. Tactician. Otherwise, if you're out of your mind, you know, week one, it's exciting. Week two, it's exciting. If you're 0-4 and you're still out of your mind, players are like, enough, enough. We can't even listen to you anymore. If you're over-the-top energy, a coach of any, any sort, you're going to lose those boys so quickly. All right, folks, it's a marathon. It's not a Who am I even talking to anymore? But let's go Vikings. I'm 13 and 4. That's a big year. That's a big year for Minnesota. It's also a big year for rain. Rain. It's so great. I mean, it's great in the sense that we don't have to fear wildfires, at least for a little bit. I mean, we'll fear wild, wild fires forever, I guess, here on the West Coast. But every time it rains, we get to exhale a little bit and go, oh, good. Bought ourselves a few more months. Oh, the hills are wet and moist and green and good. They're not going to erupt in flames. So the rain is great. You don't want to drought. The rain is great. The rain in Spain falls gently on the plains. But folks, it's a little much. They're not even calling it rain. Have you noticed this? They're not even calling it rain anymore. Cyclone bombs. I've never heard that term until the past two weeks of these wild storms atmospheric rivers it's happening right now as i'm recording this podcast i'm hearing my roof and i like that sound but it's also worrisome i'm like is this just gonna it's gonna come in the house it it has to it's been raining nonstop for so long atmospheric rivers and cyclone bombs i read an article in the san francisco chronicle that said armageddon deluge expected on tuesday about 8 p.m shut the fuck what armageddon deluge When I was growing up, it was called rain. Oh, I'm officially the old guy. My back has been thrown out, and I'm telling people it used to be called rain. When I was growing up, we looked at that liquid discharge from above. We called it rain. And now it's called torrential downpour bombs of cyclone rivers. And the news wants carnage. The news wants destruction. They want the clicks. The news wants the trees to fall. They want the houses to slide down the street. They want the car crashes. Oh, the news wants it. The way they're describing the cyclone bombs. They have countdowns. Countdown to the next cyclone bomb. 
which is coming tonight. And it's no longer like, oh, meditative. That puts me in a good mood. Now it's like stressful. Uh, should we be driving in this? Are students going to be able to come to class? I don't know. We're always dealing with something, right? We're always dealing with something. You want smooth sailing? It's not coming. It's your mindset that has to be smooth sailing in a world of chaos. Oh, I know this microphone is not picking up the cyclone bomb above my head right now, but here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, at first it's soothing. Okay, I'm enjoying this. Got my Judd Apatow sicker in the head book. About to finish it tonight. I need a book recommendation, nonfiction, hopefully something in the world of comedy memoir. I'm looking for if you got one, let me know. Text me. Drop me an email. J no, Josh Rosenberg81 at Yahoo.com. You still use Yahoo? Yeah, I still use Yahoo. Okay. It's not hotmail. It's not as laughable as Hotmail, but it's certainly not Gmail, which is what we should all have. Josh Rosenberg81 at Yahoo.com. Give me a book recommendation. Nonfiction. I like comedy. I like memoirs. I've probably read most comedians' memoirs. I have a student, actually, who's a big stand-up fan. That's rare to have a student that's a stand-up comedy fan. But he listens to Theo Vaughn's podcast, and we talk about it, gang, gang. And he was telling me his theories, and I'm like, did you hear that on Theo? I'm like, are you now adopting Theo's thoughts as your own? Really bright student. We talk at brunch. I like how they still call it brunch on our class schedule. We talk at brunch and he did make a point. We were talking about COVID and he was Googling all the numbers. He's like, there's only been this amount of deaths and diabetes have killed more people and the flu is, you know, he's giving me his spiel on COVID on how we might've overreacted. There are people like that. It's fine. And then I give him my spiel and he keeps Googling and Googling and Googling. And I realized this is how they have conversations. 16 year olds, teens today, they have conversations where they want the stat right there. He kept needing the stat. And I go, you're making your point. And he goes, no, I need the number. And then we talked about the human lifespan. How long are we really supposed to naturally live without modern medicine and vaccines and all these things, supplements and herbs and great things you get at the doctor's office that help us extend our lives? Like, what is the natural human lifespan? If you just ate food and drank water, I don't know. And then he tried to tell me, you know, humans are living way longer than any other animal. And I was like, what about elephants? And he just Googled it again. He's like, elephants? Mm, no, 40, 50 years. And I was like, no, elephants live 200 years. I'm just dropping bullshit on him at this point because I'm not Googling. And he has to Google everything. I'm like, no, elephants live probably 200 years. And we laughed because the teacher was wrong. And I learned that once at the Wild Animal Park in San Diego. And they were wrong too. And now I'm telling students about the lifespans of elephants. But I'm not Googling anything because I think a natural conversation needs to return to the days where some people are just wrong. But not this kid. This kid wanted to be right, and everything he said, after every sentence, he would face his iPhone at me and say, see, see, and I went, okay, I do see. You got that stat. Oh, okay, you got that stat too. And now you got that stat too. Congrats. I actually love our conversations, but I'm gonna demand a phone-free conversation with this kid the next time at brunch, when we're having our brunch. All right, as you were, Whatever you were doing before this podcast, get back to that. Leave a nice rating or review on iTunes. Uh, stay committed to that all-orange diet. We're allowed to do baby carrots, regular-sized carrots. We're not supposed to do jumbo carrots, but we can do pumpkin pie. Actually, we're supposed to do three pumpkin pies for dinner. And then, what else is orange? Creamsicles. Creamsicles are fully on limits. What else is orange? I'm on this all-orange diet. This one dude, Felix. I mean, it's Felix, but we all call him Felix. Uh, Felix is 
diet. It talks about creamsicles. You're allowed to do pumpkin pie, carrots of small to medium sizes because our body was not intended to break down big carrots. And what else is orange that we eat? Oh, and the peel of an orange. Oranges are orange. Isn't that weird? No, don't, 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 don't. But what came first, the fruit or the color? I'll end there. No, I can't end there. That's too weird. Uh, how about this? I love you. I will always love you. Like Whitney sang. No, I should say like Dolly sang. I will always love you. I will. All right, that's it for episode 203. 203, it's in the books. I'll talk to you soon. Joshua, Joshua, why you just what I've been looking for. Joshua, Joshua.